Hi, this is Jeff. If you have any interest in supporting this podcast, you can visit patreon.com backslash evolving podcast for more information. Thank you. Listening to Jeff Grant's Evolving Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to writing today. Okay, so this is kind of a spin-off of the last episode, if you want to call it that. I had my friends Jared Brown and Brandon Cowan over. We were sitting out on the back porch. Brandon had to he went back to Washington, DC. He doesn't live here, but Jared lives like probably less than a mile away, strangely. Yeah. Like, we hadn't lived this close since we were like roommates in college so uh we were like we should do another podcast because it's easy and i think jared seemed to enjoy his time like they yeah it was fun so we were like what can we talk about and we're both like writers we spend a lot of time writing so trying to write yeah and i was was like or you might have had that i can't remember who doesn't matter whose idea it was but we thought that would be a fun thing to talk about just our experiences as writers and kind of what that looks like in our lives. And it's one of those things where I was telling Jared, like I think about writing like all the time, like I write every day. So it's always on my mind and I would probably only talk about writing on my podcast if I had people to talk to about writing on my podcast all the time. But I don't, I know some writers, but I haven't, I I probably should ask them if they want to be on my podcast or something, but usually, uh, well, I've talked to like songwriters and stuff, uh, but I thought it would be kind of a cool thing to do. So anyway, so he came over and we're going to talk about writing. In the last episode, we were kind of, that we were all hanging out and then we kind of just recorded the podcast at the end of the long day of hanging out. We'd already been hanging out for like five hours or something. So, and it was kind of about whatever topic. So anyway, this time we came in with some like discussion questions and stuff. And uh, the way we did it is we just decided, like, we'll each have five questions. And uh, so we wrote those down, and we just went and ate some food, and uh, we looked over our questions, and some of them are similar, so it probably just means they're good questions. They're kind of general-type questions. The hope is that maybe someone who writes will listen to this, and maybe they'll be, like, able to relate, or maybe hopefully sometimes it's kind of inspire you or encourage or you encourage you yeah yeah and i'm not going to talk over jared the whole time just only in the intro uh but how are you doing today me <laughs> <laughs> is it different with just uh you and i versus like three like it's all on you now like the yeah i feel nervous now you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah before, I was just hanging out on the back patio with some uh, scotch and bourbon and a pipe and just uh, shooting the breeze, I guess. <laughs> now it's like there's a piece of paper in front of me with questions on it. So We don't have a Brandon Cowan here to like kind of throw... Like, Be the buffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you... Okay. I was trying to think of if we needed to warm up to the topic, but well, it may be helpful to like 
say like what do you like write about? I mean, because there's so many different oh, that's a different good... ways of writing or different topics yeah. and that's a good idea. What do you like to write about, Jeff? Me? Yeah. Uh, this might be obvious to people who listen to this podcast, but I I'll try to give a very quick brief summary of my writing history of like <laughs> it all started yeah i got into writing from songwriting that was kind of the thing i got i started doing when i was like i think i wrote my first song when i was like 19 and then uh i spent for probably most of my 20s that was the main writing i did but i would i did kind of want like i was a big fan of movies and stuff i've always liked movies and tv shows and i think I wanted to write books but I didn't know if I had that type of discipline in me and uh but I think as I got in my late 20s and then into my 30s I started trying to write like screenplays and stuff and uh we'll probably get deeper into this kind of stuff later and then uh so like I spent my 30s right I kept writing songs and then I started writing some screenplays and then I turned 40 last year I guess you did too our birthdays are close. Yeah. I'd wanted to write a book for a long time, so I finally just kind of decided to just figure it out and just do it. So I finished a first draft of one like a few, couple weeks ago or three weeks ago or something. It's like So fiction, it's kind of, right? yeah, it's like a yeah. fiction book. Yeah. And then, but, so I write every day, like since I finished that, like I've been trying to get, I've before I go back and edit the book, I've been trying to, I was like, I haven't written just songs in like a little while. I think I've written like three or four songs all year, which for me is not very much. So I was, I'm trying to just basically focus for like a, a month or month and a half or so just on writing songs. So I'm kind of in that world again now. So that's the kind of stuff I work on. What kind of things do you work on? Yeah. Um, the majority of my stuff has to do with like biblical studies and I guess more, I guess trying to be more academic. So, you know, having a thesis statement and trying to prove, demonstrate that thesis is, uh, is what I'm tr usually doing. Uh, the majority of uh, my writing is more like exegetical. So looking at the Greek and the Hebrew and, and that kind of stuff. So just a real casual type book yeah <laughs> sure That's yeah. Cool. Well, uh, you told me is it okay to say you said you finished yeah so most of my writing has been on romans and i did a um a master's thesis on romans and then a dissertation on romans and then now i just finished a book on romans it sounds like i've done a lot on romans but it's all about one thing in Romans. <laughs> <laughs> like one uh, chapter or one section? or um, It's one phrase. Oh, oh yeah. really? So there's, um, yeah, so there's a phrase at the beginning and the end of the letter. It's uh, the obedience of faith. And so I've always been interested in, I shouldn't say always, but whenever in college, whenever I started getting into reading the Bible and theology, I was always um, just interested in, matters of salvation and Romans is kind of at the heart of all that. And so I'm uh, also interested in things like faith and justification. And uh, so there's this phrase at the beginning and the end of the letter, uh, the obedience of faith. And so, so that's a way for an author to 
like, hey, here's this is a framing device. It's an inclusio that tells the reader, hey, this is really important. And so I w- would work through Romans and reading Romans through that lens. So it just turned out to be really rich. And so really trying to figure out, like, what is the meaning? What is the function of this phrase? So that's kind you of... You wrote the, a whole book just yeah. about that phrase. Wow. I guess three books now. <laughs> <laughs> just trilogy. recycle a lot of material, you know? <laughs> None of them are published, so it's not like it's really good. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's okay, at least. That sounds like a very worthwhile topic. Yeah. I don't think I've known specifically what your yeah. dissertation and, and your book were about. Yeah. I knew you kind of said that it was about Romans, but I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this last one that I just finished up, I, I guess a rough draft of it, I am going to try to get that published. So hopefully that'll be out there sometime. Yeah. And you you wrote your dissertation and this is like you're developing it further or kind of... Yeah, so a lot of it is uh, rehashing a lot of the stuff that I did in my dissertation. But with this book, I've took out one part of my argument. So in my dissertation, I did both using like classical rhetoric and rhetorical interpretation and also more of a biblical theological look at it. So I looked at faith and obedience in like the Abraham narrative and Deuteronomy. So with this thing, I just took out all the rhetoric stuff. And, um, make it kind of easier for like regular people to read. Yeah. I felt like writing my dissertation, one of the things I struggled with was feeling like I had a foot in two different worlds where I felt like I probably could have and should have just focused on like one lane as opposed to like, here, I'm trying to make this biblical theological argument. Um, but at the same time, I'm also making like use of rhetorical criticism, And so um, I looked at, in my dissertation, I looked a lot at how Paul uses rhetorical examples, rhetorical paradigms. And so like Romans 4, Abraham is presented as an example of justification. And so I argued for that being a particular type of rhetorical paradigm. And so I spent like a year and a half just writing one of my chapters on kind of like the history and the theory of using rhetorical examples and classical rhetoric. So I looked at a lot of like the rhetorical handbooks. And then I went through like all the orations of a guy named Dio Chrysostom and looked at how he used rhetorical paradigms. And so, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I took all that stuff out of this one (laughs) and I added like a new chapter. So I looked at Romans 4 and Romans 6 in my dissertation. That's still there. I rearranged a lot of material, kind of rewrote some of it, hopefully trying to make it clear. And then also added another chapter on Romans 9.30 through 10.21. So, Wow. Wow. Okay. All that to say, this is where we're each individually coming at this from. Yeah. Even if you don't write songs or screenplays or uh, theological books like... Hopefully this will still be a little more general so you could relate to it a little bit if you're a writer or whatever. 
Yeah. And it's also good to know too, because like in write in whatever you're writing, there's certain expectations. There's certain ex- expectations that your reader has because you're writing. You're writing for a particular audience, and so they're going to have certain expectations. Your genre has certain expectations of you. And in my case, you know, if you have a supervisor, that supervisor has certain expectations, and same like a PhD committee and all that, you know. And so there's also that sense in which you're writing to. For them to check the box off say okay yeah you can move on at least in my case you know um, yeah the other day i was writing a song called uh i'm a tiktok superstar or something like that <laughs> and like are you on tiktok i had, I had to yeah i started yeah i got on it like a couple weeks ago so <laughs> nice. I, I was like trying to appeal I, to like like dancing PhDs you dance yeah tiktok no <laughs> i was like I, I was like i gotta make this very dumb to appeal to people how can i do this <laughs> anyway like, what uh, do you do on there? Like, do you dance or something? No. You come up with dances? <laughs> so far... Uh, I want to see a dance that you can So far, uh, it's all dances. Yeah, because I'm known for being, like, a huge dancing person. Uh, right. They're usually about... Honestly, they... You they, have the build for it. Yeah. I don't like to tell people that, but my body is very... Would you mind doing smooth, one of your fluid. dances for me right now? Yeah, here we and go. And for the audience? Whoa. That's hot. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like that's something Fortnite's going to rip off and you're going <laughs> to be able to sue them for a lot of money. And that's how I'll be paying for this podcast. Keep it. Speaking of paying for the podcast, if you'd like to support, <laughs> please visit my Patreon account. Oh, yeah. 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 I always put that at the beginning of the This episode's episodes. brought to you by Jack Daniels and, <laughs> and Coke Coffee. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we're trying out... Jared brought some Jack Daniels over, and he asked if I had any Coke. And I didn't have Coke, but I had uh, Coca-Cola coffee, so we're trying Vanilla-flavored, dude. Vanilla-flavored, yeah. So there's a lot going on in this yeah. glass, we, we realized. Yeah, my heart's racing. I don't know if it's <laughs> the dance moves are so hot in here, or all the caffeine and sugar. <laughs> I was trying to make... I was like, because there's some... When I first... I can't... Now we're... I told Jared when we were eat, when we were eating, I was like, we'll, "We'll we'll have a plan, but we'll probably you know go down these like really fascinating rabbit trails that you know we'll let that we'll let, let it be." So I guess I'm telling you about my TikTok very quickly. But when I first got on TikTok, I was like, "This is dumb." Everyone's it's just like for ADD young people, like whatever. There is a lot of junk on there, but there's a lot of really funny stuff, and then there's a lot of like there's stuff about like you know writing. And, uh, really mute people. Like there's a lot of, for me, like it was interesting that there's like people who are trying to learn how to be pr- music producers and hmm. they'll make little videos about telling you how to use like a plugin on logic or something like that or whatever. And, uh, so there's, there's a lot of, there's like theology really? stuff. Uh, there's some interesting things on there. Uh, like what's the benefit of using like TikTok for some of that over say, I don't know, YouTube. I think I've known this for like three weeks, so I, th- this is my. I know this has been. A, I think TikTok has been around for a couple of years, maybe, uh, <laughs> but I never used it. But uh, I think a lot of to me, a lot of the appeal is they're quick videos, so you can kind of just. They're not trying to be super comprehensive usually, so they're just. It's a lot of like to the point kind of stuff. That's actually kind of what's interesting to me is like there are like trends and stuff that they're you'll watch some videos and like they all it'll be like you know 10 videos like in the, with the same like song or the same 
TikTok trendy thing or whatever. There's one lady I follow is like a cleaning expert. So she, uh. she posts all these videos about how to like clean your house and clean. I'm always like, I need to watch this stuff more because it makes me want to like <laughs> vacuum or like wipe down the counters or something. <laughs> but it, it's pretty random. There's pretty crazy stuff on there. My stuff is so far. A lot of them are. I think for a while. The videos had to be like either like 30 seconds or a minute. Those were like the templates they had. Oh, okay. And then they added like like two weeks ago, they added three minute. Oh things. my. So I was like, well, that's, I can, you know, play a whole song with that. So I can, so I'll set up a microphone and yeah. record just playing through like some quick song. And so I can kind of share music in that way, which is kind of fun. I don't know if everybody wants to sit and listen to that long of a thing, but. I don't know. It's just kind of a, I guess it's just a quick kind of way to communicate. And it kind of reminds me of Twitter in a way, only like, you know, video version sort of, but oh yeah, huh. I don't know. There, some of the stuff is pretty, some stuff you'll watch and you're like, man, that took, that had to take forever. Like, okay. I watched one. <laughs> They'll have all these like, uh, <clears throat> like hacks, like how to like make Oh, yeah. Like bacon in like a waffle maker or like something <laughs> like make a pizza in a waffle maker, maker, all this. So it's like you, they kind of have all these hacks. So there's this one that was like, watch this McDonald's hack. And it's this guy and he has like, he's sitting in a McDonald's and he like, he's like, first order, a, order a Big Mac without any sauce. And then he sits up there and he's like, now get, um, he just starts bringing, he like, has like, get a barbecue sauce from KFC <sighs> and dump it on there. And now get the uh, Polynesian sauce for the chick-fil-a or whatever Ooh. put it on there and he just keeps bringing like get this sauce from this place and put put this parmesan cheese from pizza hut on it and you're you're kind of at first you're like wow this is gonna be interesting and then or then he but he he has like 40 or not 40 like 20 different like little packets and he just starts he's just dumping them on there and after a while you're like this isn't a real hack <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah, how much gas money did you spend on a three dollar sandwich? I know. I was like, that's what one of the comments was. They'll have comments on the videos, and someone was like, "You have to respect it, like for the effort he put into like going to all the places to get all those packets, that kind of thing." <laughs> did he? Did he at least get a packet of the special sauce that they put on the Big Mac? And then I don't like, think he ever now used that. Put the special sauce on. <laughs> I don't think he used that. It was, it was. I don't know. It just made me laugh. But there's a lot of random stuff on there. I was gonna say, did you, did you write today? Actually, no. I took the day off. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I I really enjoy writing in the morning and then taking like a late lunch, like around like one or two mm -hmm. or even three some days, and then just reading the rest of the time. And so, I'd gotten to like the conclusion, and I'd, I wrote some of that in the morning yesterday, and then after lunch, I was like, that's like two thirty. Why don't I just like knock this thing out? And so I was, I think I wrote until about five, five thirty, And then, uh, yeah. So then today I was like, ah, I'm just, just going to take the day and, and just read. Do you feel like, like days off like that or time off of writing? Does it, do you feel like that helps? Kind yes. Of, yeah. You have to have those days. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing else, like just the, the sense of urgency of like, well, I wasted yesterday, so I need to make up for that today. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what, what I decided. I feel like annoying when I say this, but I decided like 
2013, I was like, I'm going to write for at least one hour every day. And I've done it like every day since, since then other, I missed one day, but like I've been able to keep up with that. And, uh, I think it's been good in a lot of ways, but there are definitely days where I'm like, I think I'm just doing this for like, to satisfy like my OCD kind of thing. Like, yeah, I don't know if doing this every day is the best, but, but I, I have my definition of writing is kind of flexible. So like some days I am, you know, working on a, that book or trying to write music or whatever. And today, like one of the things I did was I got it like a new, this new keyboard, like came in the mail yesterday that I ordered. So I spent about an hour just trying to learn to play it a little bit better. Cause I've never piano and keyboard has never, have never been like my main instrument. So I'm just trying to kind of get a better feel for it and stuff. So I spent like an hour just trying to play a, some song. I don't know. To me, like it's kind of, I guess I consider that quote unquote writing in a way because it kind of adds to what I'm trying to do as far as like writing songs and sometimes like I'll you know if I'm trying to play some song that I like by somebody else sometimes it'll help give me an idea or a thought that I can kind of pursue in, in one of my own songs or something, something like that so when I write for an hour every day it's not only just sitting and writing I mean I, I try to to do that but usually uh there are a lot of times when I can't do that or if there's if we have family in town and like I don't there's like no time in that day to like see anybody so I'm like because I try to write every day, I'm like having to do it at like, you know, midnight, like the night before I'm sitting there like, I have to write because I'm not going to have any time tomorrow. It's all right. Like, and then the whole time I'm just thinking, I'm just writing like, this is so stupid. Like, this is the dumbest, <laughs> like I'm doing it. I'm, I'm trying to keep in the momentum of it, but it's kind of like, this is unnecessary to do this that today, but I don't know. That's just kind of my uh, method, I guess. But I, I guess I was going to say like, I don't think that you have to write every day to be considered a writer or whatever. That's just my own thing. I think that's probably a little much for some, for most people, but do you want to just go up to one of our questions? Yeah. You read your question then. Sure. Okay. So I have like, why write? (laughs) (laughs) What compels you uh, to be, to try to be a writer, to be a writer or what compels you to write? What's the virtue in, in writing? That makes me think of, or I was also, thinking about when you're a young person and you're like, you know, like, how did we get into writing? Like, what was it that attracted us to that? Like, I'm I'm just adding to your question, I guess. Yeah. It's just a jumping off point. Yeah. This is this thing like with writing, like to me, like what a lot of it is about, like at a, on the core level is about communicating. It's about connecting with people or an audience or, uh, I think about like when I read things or if I see something, you know, something that someone has written that I like watch a movie or something, I know what those things mean to me and like how they've encouraged me or met me. Like when you, you know, read something that's been written, usually it means that someone had to sit down and think of the words and like shape that thought. A lot of times like uh, something that's written can go like kind of in a direction that's like deeper than like a conversation maybe. So sometimes it can kind of scratch that itch that like a other things can't scratch. So you're kind of like at a certain point you think maybe I when I was like in a lonely time of my life and I read these books and they I connected with them and they made me feel like less alone and like what how would I could I maybe provide that to somebody else who's struggling with whatever like to kind of give them kind of a a little 
safe place to kind of get away. Not that every book is about like escape and like getting away or whatever. But sometimes they're about you know connecting. And I think on a base level, I, when I was younger and I was trying to get into like songwriting, a lot of it came from just my own love of music and what music meant to me and songs meant to me and how I felt like a deep connection to them. And then I think it, it kind of just almost like grows naturally out of that. For me, it's something in my personality that I just enjoy. There's even just the the act of writing, like I enjoy sitting in, in kind of so- solitude and like trying to collect my thoughts and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just something that engages me, I guess, on like a base level. <laughs> You're an introvert, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Same here. <laughs> yeah. I am introverted, but as an introvert, I feel like an extrovert. I don't know. If that, that doesn't make any kind of sense. But, <laughs> I like the idea of like you're an introvert, being introverted, but then using your introvertedness to like connect to other people. Kind of. Yeah. I think that's kind of something I think about a lot. What What about yeah. you? You said you're you are an introvert. Oh as yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer to be by myself. Unless I'm on a podcast or Pipecast with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <we're, laughs> if you listen to the last episode, we were talking about, because Jared's a big pipe guy and I'm a big podcast guy, so we're like, let's combine our interests and start a Pipecast. <laughs> we talk, talk about pipes all the time. He was telling me he listened to like a podcast about p- pipes. And like, so in my mind, I'm like, what in the world? What is a podcast about pipes even about? I don't know if we should go down that road or just keep talking. No, about we this. probably shouldn't. Okay. If you'd like to check out a, a pipe cast, I, I listen to Pipe Magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to know, like, out of the writers, like, which ones tend to be more introverted. If that's something that introverts just kind of naturally gravitate towards. Yeah, I think, too, there's a sense in, like, for writing and the value of writing, even if you're just writing for yourself, right? There's something just really valuable about writing out your thoughts and writing out kind of what's on your heart and things like that. And, and oftentimes that's whenever you can have like real moments of clarity and, and see things that you would not have seen if you hadn't taken the time to just sit down, slow down and write something out. And when you're writing, do you write like longhand or you just get on the computer and um, I going at it? I write like a, on my computer pretty much naturally i think the way i write is like a personal journal type yeah you know writing so i'll sit down and I'll, I'll write like the date and the time and where i'm at and then i'll just start talking about whatever's going on or sometimes it's just what i did last night or did i watch some movie do what i think about the movie did i sleep too late today <laughs> uh, yes i did uh you know just kind of whatever's on my mind it's not for everybody to read it's just for me to kind of get my thoughts out figure out where i'm at with the day i'll usually do that for like 10 or 15 minutes and then depending on if i'm working on a project or whatever and then i'll move on to that thing i do handwrite like when i'm writing songs usually and then i have like other little notebooks like i'll scribble in so it's kind of a mix i guess i would say the main part is usually on my computer i think but uh what about you yeah, I think um, yeah. When I'm writing a paper or uh, I've been working on my book, it's mostly on the computer. But I do carry around like just a notepad, mm-hmm. and I find that I think more clearly. I think 
I guess I just, yeah, I think just more clearly, I guess, whenever like I'm writing things out, I find that when I'm typing, writing things out with, by hand, you mean? Yeah, or, writing things down yeah. by hand, pen to paper, mm-hmm. that whenever I'm typing, I guess I try to be more polished and more like typing not to delete things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. As opposed to like if I'm, if I'm writing things out, like I find that my mind just goes a lot faster and I usually have to resort to like shorthand or like using just abbreviations or stuff, something. And I don't know what that is about that. That's interesting to me because I, uh, I feel like there's always like thoughts that I don't get down because I'm writing it out by hand, which is kind of, which is kind of odd. I think like, I think one day I was like, I realized that I type faster than I write letters with my hand. Oh yeah. And then, uh, because I like to write, sometimes I'll type when I'm writing songs, I'll try to type it just to try to do something differently. But typically I'll have like just some notebook. I just like cheap little notebooks, like yep. whatever, just scribble into them. I realized one time that when I write songs like, like lyrics or uh, like poems or whatever, I feel like they come out more naturally if I am handwriting them. And I realized at one point it's almost like because I feel like because the words are literally getting on the page slower than if I was typing them. Yeah. It almost is like my mind has to think like just that much more because it's coming out like so much, like a little bit slower. It's almost like I have just like a little bit more thought like into each word. Like I've thought about that. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of funny cause the like writing, you know, as a thing is you're just putting, you know, words on paper or words on a screen and sometimes I've I've thought like it'd be so convenient if like if I could just there was like a stamp and you could just like stamp it like straight out of your brain like and then I thought like would that mean anything like is there worth to like the the sitting there and thinking it and like it kind of going through the lens of your brain like is there like something to that you know whatever but how polished do you think that would be if you could just stamp your brain on paper? It would not be. <laughs> you know what's funny right. too, though is part of my. <laughs> it's like in Romans one five, Paul uses the phrase "the obedience of faith." Hot dogs. Hmm. <laughs> chili is really good on hot dogs. <laughs> I have to. One of the reasons I write every day is because I've wanted to make the active writing like um, I, w- I want to do it so much that it's like not an effort like it's i don't know i want to be so accustomed to it that it's it's almost like pouring it right out of my brain so i do kind of that sounds funny but that's one one of the reasons i do it every day is almost just for the practice of it more than even wanting to knowing that i'm going to be producing something each day because i know that's not going to happen but there's something about the act of it of the typing and everything that i like being in, in the practice of that even if i'm just talking about some dumb show i watched or whatever but that's a thing I, I haven't thought about that in a while, but the act of handwriting and how that, if it affects yeah. your your mind, like is different or whatever, like how yeah, your mind says, <laughs> this is one reason why I write too. Cause like, I feel like <laughs> I don't talk like, like what you're saying. You said, you say you feel like you can express yourself kind of better when you're writing something. Maybe you get your thoughts out a little more clearly or more in a way you I don't know, or confident in what you're saying, or I'm kind of exactly. Yeah, writing it out for me, it's like I'm just writing down the thoughts to get it down, right? And oftentimes, 
it's like it comes at a moment where I'm like, oh yeah, like I haven't thought about that connection yet. And so you're like trying to write and then like, and sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh wait, in my head, this sounded so much better. This sounded so much clearer. Like the connection was much mm. stronger or whatever. And like, I just kind of feel like, you know, writing it out in some sense, it does help to bring out those thoughts and help you make connections. But at the same time, it's like, oftentimes I feel like I'm, I'm trying to, to write it before it's gone. And then yeah. sometimes I don't get there <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, well, why did I, why did I start writing this? <laughs> Do you, okay. That made me think of something like when you're not writing, when you're just like hanging out with the family or yeah. you're taking a shower or you're doing your yeah. cooking or whatever. And then you have like an idea for yeah. some, something. What do you do in that situation? Do you try I to record it? it you... Yeah, I just, I repeat it in my head over and over and over again to where whenever I, I do sit down to write, then I'm able to, to, to write it down. However, if it's like kind of a long extended thought, sometimes I find that whenever I go to write it down, I, I'm not getting exactly what I was thinking, but it's also helping me make connections further down the line. But yeah, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll just, repeat it over and over and over to try to make sure, especially if I'm in the shower. I mean, nobody wants to see, <laughs> let's see what's going on. <laughs> and, you know, just to get out to write something what down. Paul was thinking was, <laughs> <laughs> I need some of those, uh, like those, uh, bathtub Crayolas. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I have some of those. I never use. I can oh, give them to you. Can I borrow them? Yeah. I'll give them to you after <laughs> <Thanks>. this. <laughs> Yeah, I've had that thing where nobody like, get in the shower till I write this down. <laughs> you just like, take the iPhone. <laughs> All right, you need to clean this off the tiles, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have a thing where like I'll. I remember times where I'd be driving, and I'd have an idea for like a song lyric or something. Yeah, so I'll pull over and try to record it on my phone real fast, and I'll be in your in the moment. You're just like this is a great idea. Like this is, I, am I like a genius or something? And then like, like a couple days later I'd listen to it and I'm like, what? This is so stupid. Like, what was I thinking? Like that didn't Seinfeld do like, an episode about this? Probably. That sounds like the thing you would do, do an episode about. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Here's a question. What does a writing session look like to you? And how often do you do it? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, a writing session is, it looks different depending on where I'm at in my project. So like doing a more research-based paper or book or whatever, some days it's just, or a lot of days, it's reading, taking notes, you know, trying to write down notes, type them out, and even just sitting there and trying to organize arguments and things like that. What's the clearest way? And then sometimes it's just sit down and just start going. So I, I usually find that most of the time, I feel bad for my wife because uh, we talk about this, but I tend to like live in my head. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm not that great of a communicator <laughs> in marriage. No, I'm just <laughs> um, no, she's, so she's often left trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, and she's like, Jared, just, t just talk, just tell me what's going on. And I'm like, um, well, <laughs> In the late uh, 1600s. <laughs> it's like sometimes I feel like I'm the uh, the trees in Lord of the Rings. Just yeah. sitting there deliberating while my wife is waiting. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. It's kind of, it's funny that you spend all this time like trying, like working on communicating like certain <laughs> things. But then like that actual, that type of communication like still is, 
you know, like you'd think you'd have like developed some special skills or something from that experience, but yeah. <laughs> no, cool. it probably just debilitates those skills. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like I find like I'm usually like writing in my head, you know, and and then other like other times it's just, you know, like sit down and I just kind of just go. And I think like the, the benefit, sometimes it's like, you know, sit down and write out the outline for your argument and then just kind of type it in. And so I, I guess writing sessions look different. I mean, the other thing that I, that I learned is editing is half, at least half the work of writing, especially if you're doing something more academic. I feel like I spend more time editing than I do writing or, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. You said you'd usually write like in the morning or that's yeah so i guess my writing sessions these days so uh, as jeff mentioned earlier i've gotten into the art of pipe smoking <laughs> yeah and so i kind of found, i found a guy on youtube his name is malcolm guite he's actually really well known i didn't know this at the time well known like poet theologian I'm not making him up okay yeah he's a real book yeah go ahead so he's written several books of poetry and and he's great so i, I usually will spend my morning like get up, get some coffee, you know, read, read the Bible and then I'll turn on YouTube, like either while I'm making breakfast or eating breakfast and the kids are getting up and they'll walk in and be like, Oh no, not Malcolm. again. <laughs> Dad, put on something good, like dude, perfect or something. I'm like, man, like he's reading poetry. Like, and so he also is like a poetry performer, I guess. Um, so he's, he's fantastic. And so like, I find that, like smoking a pipe in the morning with some coffee and watching a video or two of his really like, I don't know, it gets me in the right frame of mind. And then I'm usually ready to just start writing after that. So, but I usually go to like a coffee shop. Um, I can't really work at home cause I guess for whatever reason, I just, I get too distracted around yeah. my wife and kids or they distract me. And so, yeah, usually it's trying to find a good table at one of the local coffee shops and do you go to the same ones over and over or do you go to no. like a few you kind of like scatter I, around yeah spread it around? i go yeah so yeah the, the coffee shop i end up choosing for the day depends on what kind of mood i'm in <laughs> <laughs> i know what you mean like I'm, yeah i write in I, don't, I write less in coffee shops these days than i used to but i remember that yeah thing of like there's like you know four or five in your mind and they're uh -huh. a certain distance from where you are and you're like Huh. This one's kind of got more of a bohemian vibe to it. <laughs> this one, you know, uh, maybe I'll go there and it'll. Uh, I might see someone I know, so that might distract me in that way. But yeah. then this other one, like no one goes to, and it's there's no <laughs> decorations, and the music is not very interesting. So maybe I'll actually get good writing done at it. Is early. that at Axiom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't go to that one. There's a coffee shop like right right by us. That, uh, yeah. I, I liked it for that reason too because it's it's like there's nothing flashy about it it's yeah. one of those places you go into and you're like how do they pay the bills like yeah. it seems like they make like it's a neat fifteen dollars an hour yeah it's place. a neat it's a neat space but I don't know I, the tables I sat at several different tables the one time I went and I could not get comfortable mm. and it's like either like the tables were just wobbly or the table was sticky or the chairs like were too low. <laughs> I love this kind of, I love this kind of stuff. Cause it's stuff that I think about, but I don't, if you don't have, I don't talk to other people about that kind of thing. Yeah. Cause when, when you're writing and you, you there's like these little, like, yeah, these little, uh, kind of things in, in your ritual that like will throw you off or like, 
I know what you mean. I've had that the same thing. I've gone to like, I think I went to a Starbucks one time and I was like, I love the height of these tables. I got to <laughs> order some of these. Like, I gotta, and I was like, I think I spent like the whole time I was there like Googling, like trying to find like where to find like table. That is a weird thing. Cause like if like a table, cause, cause if you have a laptop and you're sitting there, like if yeah. it's too high, it can feel really yeah. off. Even last night I bought like a new table, like only because it was like a lower table. So I could put my the keyboard I ordered on it because it was, it was kind of, it was, but it's that kind of thing of uh, yeah. I know like little things like that can th- like throw you off and you don't know why. Like I've wondered about that kind of stuff. Like if I pointed my, the table I write on, if I pointed it towards the window instead of the wall, would I write better? Or, you know, if I sat yeah. here instead of here or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, lots of things, little things like that do play a part. So there's like, I mean, at each coffee shop, there's like a handful of tables where I'm like, if I can get that table, I can work really well today. But it's like, you know, well, it's too late. By the time I get there, the rush will be happening and there's no way I'm getting that table. For you, what makes a good table at a coffee shop? Like what? Yeah. What, what, what is it? Yeah. So one is the table sturdy, <laughs> right? You can't sit there. And work at a table if it's wobbling the whole time. And two, like where where is it located in the coffee shop? I usually like to sit kind of on the outside by the like up against the wall. Um, I usually don't like too many people around me. And then also like the height. So there's an, one of the coffee shops I go to. They have these uh, just annoying white benches. <laughs> And I, I can't stand sitting on those. Um, and there's one corner. It's like an ideal location in the coffee shop. But it's like they've got that corner. And it's just like this white bench that like goes around. <laughs> and you sit there. And the tables that they have in the corner are smaller and shorter. So it's like you sit there. And like your knees are like right here. And it's like you're like reaching down to try to type. And some people, I guess, work really where really well back there. I I can't. I've tried it several times, and it just does not work for me. Uh, also, like windows, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that same coffee shop that I'm talking about, once three o'clock rolls around, it gets pretty unbearable in there, um, just in terms of the heat. And then, like, the sun yeah. starts to shine it into the coffee shop. And so, if you're right up there. Um, good luck. I mean, especially in Texas in July, uh, you just start sweating. So there's like, you know, like if you can get up against the back wall and have like a normal table and chair, then that's usually a pretty productive spot. I'm also, I'm also a table hopper. Oh really? Oh yeah. So it's like, if I'm like, oh wait, that table's opened up now. And it's just like, grab my laptop, go claim it before somebody else does. And yeah, so I feel like that could be like a really good Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Like- <laughs> it's like there's like at one of the sh- coffee shops, this uh, one lady, she always works there too. And one there was like a week where we had this kind of going back and forth between who got the spot. That is a funny thing. Like you, if you go to coffee shops yeah. a lot, the thing you notice is like the people who are there all the time. Yep. I, I know what you mean. Like I used to run into that a lot. I don't, again, I don't go to coffee shops as often these days, but I, I think that's a funny thing, like, because for a lot of people, that's their office or, you know, like, like for you kind of, when you write at a coffee shop on your laptop, yeah. do you get kind of like, okay, if I'm sitting in a coffee shop and I'm writing on my computer, 
I'll kind of make sure the screen is like, I don't want people to read it while I'm writing it or oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll like make it real small, like on my screen, especially if I'm writing like the personal journal part of it. Oh, I'm sure. Like, What's going to come out? What if I just talk about, you know, how I don't like this new Taylor Swift song or something and someone reads that and they, it just starts a whole fight. <laughs> you do have to watch out yeah. for those. <laughs> watch out for people, uh, sneaking peeks. Do you ever get like, I got, I, um, like writing in a public place versus writing like um, in a private place. Yeah. Like working on something more, I guess, academic. <laughs> I don't care if somebody's like looking over at my computer. Um, however, like there's one day I was trying to, like I write, I try to write poetry too. And there's one day I was working on a poem, but I was in the middle of the coffee shop, and it was like there's a door over here and a door over here, and I just felt like all these people were walking by, and I was like, like trying to cover up as somebody walked by, or like, what is that guy doing? So I just put it, I just put it down. Girl, I love you so much, girl. You're Fun? like the morning. You're like a pipe in the morning. For me. <laughs> That's how smoking hot you are. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, Jared. I, ooh, man, I like the way my brain's working today. It's putting these words together. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> the room we're recording in this right now is the room I write in a lot these days. It's like a media room in this house that's not... It's kind of a media room that there's not a... Slash storage. It's more, yeah, it's more like a junk room... Uh, but it's a big room and I've kind of, I actually spent the other day during my writing session, I, I spent like about 45 minutes just like moving everything like to one wall so I could oh, yeah. fit like a little more space in here. Cause it was all kind of about half of the room and I freed up like yeah. three quarters of the room. Yeah. But I have like, I come in here and I'm like, I have to have light. Like I have to have uh -huh. a certain amount of light in the room for some reason. Like I don't, if it's too dim, like I don't know what it is. Like it'll, there's a a window in here and I always try to open the blinds just cause like I liked having a little bit of like natural light coming in. I feel like it kind of helps a little bit, even if I'm not like sitting right at the window. One thing for me is if I'm working on an actual project, it can take me a while to get in the headspace of doing that. Like when I was writing that book, I was glad I had time to kind of, you know, I'll sit down and it'll be like, I need to write. And then I'm like, but at first I should watch this YouTube video about this like, <laughs> band from the nineties. And then, so, but, Oh, it's only yeah. 10 minutes long. And then you keep going for them. It's like an hour and a half later. And you're like, Oh man, this is, I'm wasting my time. I think even though that video about that new super Mario brothers game looks really interesting. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, the algorithms, man, they're quite effective. Yeah. So I hate smartphones. I, I have so. to like ease into, I've noticed I have to ease into it sometimes. And uh, it sometimes it can take inconveniently long to to get into it. Have you tried smoking a pipe in the morning and watching <laughs> some Malcolm guy? No, I haven't. That's try. another thing too. Is I was working at a Home Depot, and I I worked like a lot, and I saved up some money so I could kind of take a little bit of time off. So I'm kind of able to for a few months been able to devote more of my attention to this stuff because that's a thing too. Is like it's hard to like financially sometimes to be able to make it work. Cause like ideally I would just be able to sit and write all the time and there'd just be money like pouring in from every direction, but that's not exactly the case. So you kind of have to, that's the thing I realized like for most people who write, it is kind of a, a sacrifice as far as like 
financially sometimes. I mean, I know there are people who make like good money from this stuff, but it's not, for me, it hasn't been the case so much. So it's kind of had having to kind of make sacrifices in other ways to, to be able to have, but even I mean, just be able to sit and write every day is kind of a luxury. You yeah. know, it's not something that everybody can is able to do. And I mean, would you want that to be the case of like, you're basically writing to, to make your living? Yeah. I don't know if I'd want that. Well, I, I, uh, like, that's just like, I mean, I think in a way, like ideally that's really a really cool thing, but then, then you're just, that's actually, that's one of the questions I had was kind of like, what are your overall goals as a writer? What does success look like for you? Yeah. I know what it looked like for me whenever I was in the PhD program, it was pass my defense (laughs) and, uh, you know, at least get it done to where in a defensible form. And now, yeah, I mean, I I think it would be really cool to just to make your living as a writer. I think there's something really appealing to that. I kind of wonder though, like for people who that's their profession, like to what extent does like, you know, like it seems like for both of us, like writing can be kind of like sort of respite or an escape. And like, do you end up losing that if that's, oh yeah, you know, like if it's your job, you know, when we worked at Chick-fil-A <laughs> in college, I mean, well, I guess that's a bad example because I never stopped hating Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you hate it? Wait, what? Well, no, Stop like normally like people who like work at a restaurant end up like ha- end up hating that food, right? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But like I never... I never stopped loving Chick-fil-A. Well, we worked there for so long. It was like probably two months. Yeah, that's probably this true. When, when Jared and I were... Uh, were we freshmen? Were we freshmen? Uh, or sophomores? I think it was I think I should have been a... Oh, that should yeah. have been my, the second semester of my sophomore year, I think. But it because I dropped out all the time, like, it was... <laughs> I can't remember. It was, I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. I thought that... Uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was the second semester of your freshman year. Okay, yeah, I think that's right. So you're using Chick-fil-A as, as the example of if you do something... But, uh, would it you, was a failed example. Would you lose? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your love the for... Love of, of, of the writing and yeah. everything. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I was wondering, like, okay, like I wrote this book. I kind of don't expect it to be published. I just, I don't know how good... It, I think it's fine, but... A part of me would be surprised if I, I do want to submit it to yeah a, a few places just to see what happens. But I was like thinking like, okay, what if I put it, take it to this publisher and just as an example, what if they liked it and they wanted to sign me to like some kind of contract? I think in my mind, I would rather do like a one by one. Like, I don't think I'd want to be like, I will now write seven books for you. Yeah. I think I, I don't, I don't think that would happen anyway, but. If I had the option, probably even if it was like less money, I'd probably just do it as a one-off thing because I don't know. I like the idea of writing more books. I it, I would enjoy trying to do that, but I don't. I think I'd need to write a few more before I felt comfortable with that. But yeah, because um, I think like also just especially the stage we're at, you know, you're just learning the practice. You're learning the art, and you know, after writing like an MA thesis, a dissertation. And now this thing that I've got, I'm ready to work on a different topic. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, you've got the nuts and the bolts down in terms of like 
this is what goes into this type of book or this type of argument or this type of writing. And so like, imagine someone like, is it Daniel still or Daniel still? I don't know. Like they, they have like, yeah, it's like, they got to have like their formula. They know their formula and they just crank them out. It's like, well, what if we make this character a clown this time? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, I don't know. I think about that. Like is uh, my, my thoughts about music is because there was a little while when I was like younger, when I lived in Nashville and I was pursuing music, like in this kind of big way, I guess. And I think as I pursued that, I realized that I don't think I crave that level of success, you know, like obviously like a Taylor Swift is kind of like extreme example, but you want to be the Taylor Swift of, of writing. I want to <laughs> Yes. I do think that that's cool that people can, there are very few artists like music. I'm just talking about music right now, but there are very few like people who really do succeed on that level with the music. And for that long, that's a really difficult thing to do. And there's a lot more to doing that than just like for me, like I realized that I don't love performing when I've done it. It just, it makes me real anxious and kind of freaks me out even if i've realized that it's entertaining for some people because of how bad it is <laughs> so like i don't i don't know I've, i can perform okay but um i realize that a lot of my main abilities are more in coming up with ideas for songs or the creative part of making music but i remember at a certain point wondering like okay if i could just get super rich from this like what what would i do if i had that and then you kind of think like there's a lot that comes with that, like with the fame, with it, like that becomes a thing you have to kind of manage. And I realized it's like, if I could make enough money to support myself and, you know, if I had a family, if I could support them, that would be pretty great. And also if I had some kind of, you know, privacy and, and I could do like a podcast on the side, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess when you're kind of in the thick of it, you're kind of like, what do, what is success for this and I, I realized that like honestly that that's one thing that I enjoy about writing is it's something that if I had a lot of money I would want to do and if I didn't have any money or when I've had no money <laughs> I've enjoyed it's something that like I think no matter what's going on in my life that that's going to be a thing I'm going to be like old and I'm going to be writing like you know some dumb song about TikTok or whatever the social media app is at that time man I you hope know. TikTok is not still a thing <laughs> that old yeah they'll be like shut up old man tiktok <laughs> it's not thing yeah. that's so 2020 what are you? you're like a grandparent age uh, yeah no I, but I'll, i yeah. think to me like the the gift that sounds it sounds kind of corny the gift of it is being able to just sit and do it it's nice yeah i think i enjoy it in that way yeah um i think like too for for me like i guess the nature of the type of writing that I've been doing in terms of like academic and biblical study stuff is that like, obviously writing something like that, like I want to get it published. I'd love for it to get published. And then I'd love for my peers to approve it. Right. And it's, you know, likely going to get reviewed and things like that in journals. And, um, and so you want, you want to have good reviews and, and, and things like that. So, I mean, that's an element of success, but at the same time, I know, you know, one of my questions too is kind of like describe like a, a struggle that you faced in in your writing. You know how you overcame it. You know, 
Um, and so like for me early on in my dissertation writing phase, I'm try- trying to write something new and contribute to, you know, scholarship on Romans, you know, there's <laughs> tons of stuff and I'm just feeling just like way overwhelmed and, uh, just drowning in it from like, like how, like, how do I come up with something new? <laughs> And then two, because I mean that that that's a big question in scholarship is like, well, what what are you contributing? What's your contribution? Hmm. And so, number one, just even knowing <laughs> what you're trying, <laughs> what you want your contribution to be, is kind of a big thing. And then two, like, I, I remember early on, and this just being like a really debilitating thing for me was writing. And be like, well, if I say this this way, or if I make this argument, I'm going to make this group of scholars mad, or they're oh, going to yeah. like criticize me, you know. But if I don't say this, then I'm going to get criticized. And so that real sort of, I guess, like fear of man sort of thing was really debilitating for me, um, even to the point where it's like, I don't even know if I should be doing this. And I kind of wonder too, like, I mean, a lot of people in PhD programs end up just not finishing whether or not that's because they were going through the same things that I went through or they end up taking on a job or something that takes away from their time that they would have to write. And so then for me, it was just kind of like, okay, do I walk away from this? It's like, I mean, I got into a pretty competitive program, one that, you know, it takes like, they take like six students a year mm. and it's free. You know, they, Oh really? Yeah. Like you don't, um, they pay for your tuition and then you also get a stipend, so you get oh, wow, kind of paid to yeah, you get paid to do it. Uh, well, you get paid to do other work, <laughs> which was kind of frustrating <laughs> to me. But anyways, so it's like, well, you know, I brought my family all the way up here, and uh, then this school is invested in me. Is you know, is this what God wants me to do? So I remember just kind of like, man, what like what a privilege this is for me to like get to take time in my life to set aside and all I really have on my plate is to work on the meaning and function of the obedience of faith in Romans. And that's been a question of mine since I got out of seminary and I'm like kind of getting paid a little bit to get to do it. And so that began to like really change my mindset of like, okay, instead of me writing to please this group of scholars or this group of scholars or these audience members, I'm writing to, to please God. I'm writing in to, as a, as an act of worship to God, to be faithful to the task that he's given to me. And once that mindset changed for me, man, like it was enjoyable to go mm-hmm. to my office in the library and write all day or read and work on my dissertation. And, and it was just kind of like this, breath of fresh air, getting my second wind, just kind of clearing the room in a sense, and then just really finding joy. And I think that's kind of, that's really carried me through to where I'm at now. And like, I feel like my argument is, is a really good argument. It's, it's an important argument and it's an important work for Roman studies and Pauline studies. And, um, so I feel like I have something good to say. And so I, I think that's also been a driving force for me to, to continue to do it and to, to try to get it into maybe a form that to where I can really uh, get it published. So are you wanting to continue like writing 
more books? Like, do you have ideas of other things you'd want to write or are you wanting, I know you've been applying to, you know, teach at different schools or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I love teaching either or both. Yeah. Like both would be ideal. I mean, I love teaching and I've been able to, to preach a couple of times and I, I enjoy doing that. And I think with some more practice, I could be pretty decent at it, I think. Or I hope, I guess. And I would love to be able to teach and, and write and and preach whenever a church in my denomination needed me or something. So that would be the ideal. And yeah, in, in writing this version of my argument, I've put my finger on two or three other things where I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really interesting thought. That deserves an extended amount of mm-hmm. attention. And I mean... I could go into what that is, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you feel like the things you write are going to be kind of in the theology realm, or do you think you'd write like fiction or like try different know. types of? Yeah. Um, I've had, I, I have some, a couple ideas of some, like uh, a couple of fiction. Um, I don't know if they'd be novels necessarily, some stories that I think would would be fun to write. So I don't know if I'll ever get around to doing those or not. I kind of feel like they're characters like in my head and they're just kind of sitting around waiting for me to get to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of weird. Cause like, I kind of feel like I have some obligation to them, which is kind of weird to say these <laughs> imaginary people in my head. I need to see a psychologist. No. <laughs> but yeah, I, I imagine the majority of what I do is, is write theological stuff you know and for me i really want my my work to benefit the church first and foremost you're writing as like a ministry kind of yeah i hope so i hope it's something that not only makes an academic contribution and is appreciated by the academy but first and foremost something that edifies the church and builds the church up so that's where i'm at so i mean academics uh, for the church is, I don't know, there's been kind of a gulf there between the academy and the church. And a lot of people in the church kind of like, ooh, I don't, most people in the pews think of like academics as, you know, well, they're they're distorting the Bible, <laughs> you know? And then like academics tend to look down on just your layman, uh, not all of them, but, you know, that is some of that attitude. Like, kind of position within the church, like that. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. Whereas like in the history of the church, the pastor was like the guy in the community, right? Like he was the the sort of the resident scholar for the community. Basically, I mean, we've lost that sense. But, you know, there's a sense in which some people feel a call to try to bring that back. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Because I think the church has a lot to learn from the academy. And I think the academy has even more to learn from the church, honestly. But... When you say the academy, do you mean like... I was talking about like your universities, academics. Okay. So yeah, so I think also success for me would also look like, does my writing session today, was I faithful to the task that God has given to me in in doing this today? You know, and if so, then that's great. Even if it never sees the light of day, right? Like I did this as an act of worship to, to God. I can relate to that in a way. I do feel as far as writing and creating things, I feel like it's kind of a, a gift to, for, to me. Like, and I, I feel like if I wasn't doing it, I would be squandering something like, yeah. and that that's kind of one of the reasons why I try to do it every day was because I feel like I need to like 
almost like not give myself the opportunity to not do it. But a lot of the stuff that I make, I know it's probably a little bit different from what, what you make, but uh, I know that I do hope at a core level that the music will, you know, hopefully it'll connect to somebody or have some kind of inspiring type thing to it. Or I know, I know that for me, like, as far as like storytelling, I get a lot out of like, you know, movies and TV. And, yeah. uh, and that's something that I feel like if I could kind of give back in some way with that kind of stuff, like, uh, I guess I want to try to do what I can to, to try to do, I don't know. That's a tricky thing too, is like what gives a work worth as an audience member? Like, what are you hoping to get out of something? Yeah. Audience expectations. Yeah. I have a question, Jeff. Okay. As a professional TikToker, (laughs) I love your, your perspective on this. I've heard it said at one time that, the movie, Wait, I, the okay. cinema, mm-hmm. is today's novel. Do you feel like that's no longer the case? That the TikTok video is now oh. our novel. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a deep question. Okay, when you say, <laughs> I want to break this down a little bit. When you say like today's novel, do you, you mean like? There was a certain period of time in the past when the novel was like kind of the the main form of yeah creative, mm-hmm. you know, the, the way people could maybe like before you know talkies and like uh, movies and <laughs> I would say like maybe maybe not exactly the novel but I do think it's definitely a, a way that people engage with the culture. Uh, <laughs> There's a, probably a lot that's become the novel of the day these days i've wondered that actually like to to kind of bring it back to to writing like i do think about that as like okay so we think of books as this like kind of higher thing like this kind of of like exalted type thing like if you can write a book then you're like an impressive person and you're smart and you're succeeded in some some kind of way but it's like, almost like today, all- like if you can read a book. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Is it, do we, if you think about what a book is, it's, it's just words on pages and, you know, whatever. But do we think of it as such a high-minded thing because it's been a- around for so long? Like, is reading a book more of an experience than, re- like, if, if you watched a movie based on that book? Or, like, like is one experience a higher level of whatever like when we think like kids should stop playing video games and they should read books it's like that and i but that's good that's true but like how do you value like one versus the other or are we at a point where it's like why is getting information from like a page worth more than getting it from like a moving image on a screen or or is the what's being communicated like lessened because it's you know an image and or Hmm. (laughs) whatever I don't know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to yeah. sort of saying? Yeah. I've wondered about that kind of thing. Like, do we think of books like in a higher way just because they've always been books and we've always thought of them as kind of better than a TV show or whatever? Is it lesser if what you're taking in like goes down easier? I mean, I don't know the answer. I'm just, I've thought that's kind of a funny thing if you think about it that way. Yeah. I mean, so certainly like reading Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice is better in a sense than watching like a Simpsons episode. 
Right. And, you know, in certain the way, like the way your mind is working, right. In a sense, like when you're reading, I mean, your, your mind is, I think more active. I mean, I'm not a scientist and I haven't looked into this, but you know, from my experience and then watching a TV show, you know, especially like the Simpsons, like usually my brain is kind of turned off and I don't know if there's like a place to that. that, Cause I think, or that usually it's a pretty smart show, but I know what you mean. I know what you're saying, but whereas like going back to pride and prejudice, like if you watch the, uh, like I think it's the BBC version of pride and prejudice, I mean, that's a pretty good rendition of pride and prejudice. The book, it's pretty true to it. And I mean, you're, you're also invested quite a bit into the film because uh, it's pretty lengthy, but I don't know. We should probably stop talking about something we don't know anything about. <laughs> Both are great. So, <laughs> okay. Do you, you, I think you had a question that was like about, uh, yeah, we've talked about reading. Look, look up to, yeah. like, in the, in like, what, like, what, like, what role does like reading have in oh, your yeah. writing, right? And like, what sort of authors, like, either like, I don't know, inspire you, encourage you to, like they make you want to like after reading them, they make you want to write or certain authors were like, wow, that is a beautiful turn of phrase. Like I want to be able to write like that. When I was trying to write like screenplays and everything, I would always get inspired by uh, Vince Gilligan, the guy who created breaking bad. Oh yeah. I don't know. Like I would listen to like any podcast he was on or any (laughs) read any interview with him. I just, I thought I'd still think like, I don't know. I've always been interested in like the way someone can tell stories to where they're actually compelling, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're like it. I always felt like it was. He's pretty masterful, like in the way that he can put uh, stuff together. Like, I mean, I think Breaking Bad is probably like the greatest TV show. Oh God, ever. Yeah, you're talking to the right person. That's like my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's like my favorite show. Yeah. Like I love stuff that like really examines human nature. Yeah. Right. Really gets at at that. And man, there's a way in which that show gets at it that not too many other ones, and at least that I've seen, really get at it. I just I have a I have a hot sports take on on Breaking Bad. Uh, I'd love to get your take on it then. Okay. But wait. Okay. But you can continue, or do you want me to go? Are we talking about Breaking Bad now? Sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe we should do. I, I I could do a lot of episodes on Breaking Bad. That's that's like. That'd be a good excuse for me to go back and rewatch it again. Yeah. <laughs> for like the third, fourth, fifth. I don't know. Yeah, if you like that show, that's that's a whole other thing. That's like a. Then I can give you my. My take on it. Yeah. That. I, yeah. Uh, but I've I, I as a writer like as like a screenwriter and everything. I've always it's interesting to me like i know he has a writer writing room writer's room and everything that helped him with helped him with that show and then uh and then on better call Saul, like like the same story but that was just a thing where like i I would if i was like not feeling very motivated and trying to tell stories like then i would like listen to like an audio commentary or something on some episode and just the way that he his mind like works with uh storytelling and what's compelling and what's I don't it's just he's just so creative and so like there's just there's like a something else going on there that you're just kind of like it, it reminded me of like when I used to 
watch Michael Jordan play basketball, like when you see someone who's just naturally gifted at at God given talent, like they have that ability and you're just like, I wanted to play basketball. Like I couldn't play very good, but that was like when I played basketball in my life was when I was watching Michael Jordan play. But uh, it's kind of a similar thing with like Vince Gilligan to me for me, but, uh, I could name tons of other. Yeah. Like, that was just someone that I thought of that has made a big impact on me, just as like a someone I admire, like their abilities and stuff. And what about? I really admire like Jane Austen's prose. I remember like kind of early on, I kind of felt like growing up in public school, like writing was never really emphasized all that much. Hmm. And so since then, like I've. I've taught some in like classical schools where it's like writing, 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 writing and really learning that. And whenever I was teaching, you know, at the undergraduate level, I mean, I could tell right away, like that kid's coming from a classical school, that kid's coming from private school is like Hmm. just their ability to write, their ability to articulate their thought, their argument, their ability to analyze what somebody else was saying Um, and interact with that it's really impressive anyway so like i always kind of feel like and maybe this is one of the things that kind of helped drive me to to pursue a phd just kind of feeling like i was never really challenged in high school academically it wasn't something that like i was really challenged to even like really care about and kind of feeling like i missed opportunity and feeling like i'm always behind Hmm. um and like kind of accepting the persona of like just the, the dumb jock or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to prove myself that that's not what I am. Like God's given me a brain <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and try to use that for loving him with my mind. So, yeah. So that was one of the things that one of the pieces of advice that I don't remember one of my professors gave me at some point was like, you know, find like an author that you really admire the way they write and then like emulate them. And for me, like Jane Austen was one. She's a great writer. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Man, I really like the way uh, Tolkien writes. There's just some really beautifully phrased lines in Return of the King. Just times where I, when I was reading, I was like, I had to put it down like, wow. <laughs> can't believe he just said it that way. And then um, there's a Marilyn Robinson. She's a contemporary writer. She's fantastic. Just writers like that. Yeah. There's really admire their ability to write. And then poetry too has been really helpful. Just the way to, to state something that may be just so obvious or so mundane and state it in such a beautiful way that it gives you like a completely different outlook on something or different perspective on that, that you never saw the beauty in that thing until you read T.S. Eliot or somebody say it That's in like that way. That's my favorite thing is when someone is able to, I mean, it's kind of like a basic thing with this kind of, this kind of stuff, but yeah, when someone's able to like put it into words, what you're, mm-hmm. you're feeling and that to me, like that's like the best thing. Like if someone, if I'd written something and someone was like, I was thinking about that, but I didn't have the words or I didn't, I didn't, you put it into words. That's like, that's like, to me, like, that's like the, that is the success. Like, that's like you helped somebody like maybe get to a, a, a different place or, you know? Yeah. 
that reminds me so like it's like one of my favorite poets is george herbert and he's got this fantastic poem on prayer and it's like you hear things like in church you hear things like you know this is it's a conversation between you and god right it's like the most common thing so like george herbert's uh poem about prayer his first one it's kind of just a list of things that what prayer is right mm-hmm. and he says like prayer the church's banquet angels age god's breath in man returning to his birth like man like god's breath in man returning to his mm-hmm. birth right like the breath we have is breath from god right when god created adam he breathed life into him and our prayer is is that breath returning back to to god and it's just the whole poem's filled with stuff like that about what prayer is and thinking about something that, you know, I mean, I certainly take it for granted day in and day out and I don't pray like I should, you know, that's probably because I have a, a low view of prayer, but then like reading something like that and thinking about something that can be so common in the Christian experience and just something so common of your everyday day in and day out. And then to hear, it put that way, it just gives you like a completely different perspective on it to where you really just see the beauty in that. There's in that so much act. that becomes cliche, like yeah. that when you when something's able to kind of break free of that and kind of get your brain like to a more, you know, alive and fresh place with about that topic, like that's it that is a gift. Yeah. So yeah, I would say also like poetry has been really helpful for me lately in terms of kind of inspiring me, helping me to to write and inspiring me to write and, and to maybe say something in a different way that is maybe a little more poetic. But That was like a thing. Or at with, least try to. <laughs> um, with the book that I wrote, I think for a long time I, you kind of had this idea of I'm going to write a book someday. It's going to be this awesome thing. And all of your, I'm going to set out to ma- to write the next great American novel. Yeah. I, I think I'm the next Tolkien. Tolkien. You know, like whatever. You realize that's a Chevy Chase movie, right? <laughs> Animal what? Farm. Is it? Or not Animal he, Farm. Funny Farm. I was does he say that? Yeah. He's like, he, oh, he oh. quits. Like he, <laughs> he, he like quits his like high and mighty. I think he's a lawyer in New York. Buys like some little farm house like out in the middle of somewhere and like sets out to write the great American novel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like that. Okay. But I haven't seen that in a long time. Someone, I heard someone mentioning that movie recently that they were like, it was Quentin Tarantino on a podcast. He he said that he loved funny farm or something. Yeah. And I was like, man, I haven't thought about that movie. Well, his Uh, wife ends up being, becoming like the successful writer. Okay. (laughs) Okay, well, anyway, like, uh, that, so I realized that what I want to do is I want to, I was thinking about books, you know how like you, some books you pick up and they're kind of a chore to get through or they, they're, yeah, it takes a lot of effort. And I was like, I was thinking about books like that. It's like, why do some books, they almost have like a magic to them or like, hmm. or I was thinking, saying magic, but I was remembering when I was reading like the Harry Potter books and I was like, <laughs> yeah. those were so easy to read. They were so yeah like entertaining and you kind of just you wanted to keep going and i was like that that kind of thing like i want to figure out how to write a book like that where like 
you can't explain it, but you just want to keep turning the page. Like that to me that I was like, how do how do you write like something with that kind of momentum and that kind of like engagement? Not not being like a high minded book or anything. Like even if it's kind of like a dumb story, like I kind of wanted to figure out or kind of work on that. And I was thinking about like language as far mm -hmm. as uh, I want to use simple language. Like I don't want it to have like intimidating words. I want it to be something that just kind of goes down smoothly. And that was kind of like the the goal with the the book. But I don't know. I think of part of me is like, is that too like common or simple or whatever? Or that just makes me think of like the message, like the uh, Eugene Peterson no, version. Yeah. Of it. I don't know. Like if I, I don't know what your opinions are I, but about that. But like when I was like listening to the Bible, like last year and I listened to the message version. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, cheaper version like if i was a scholar i would not like it but for some reason it goes down easy for me and it, it's yeah, easier it's to yeah, yeah that's kind of to, i don't know just thinking about like communication and kind of like a what type of communication is like naturally in, interesting and in, engaging versus what is like kind of yeah i mean like that's really the... really like i have to really concentrate to kind of get through this page yeah. or whatever i mean that's the intent of of the message Right. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. intended to be like a word for word translation. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's intended to be contemporary language yeah. kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of thing is interesting as like word choice. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of what basically what you do in a way is, yeah. especially going through the Latin or, or not Latin for you, but the, uh, the Greek or Hebrew. Greek. Yeah. yeah. Mostly Greek, mainly Greek. Yeah, in terms of yeah, in terms of translation, maybe even in terms of writing too. Like there's been times where I'm sitting there and we're like, okay, what's the best verb to use here? What's the best word to use here? You know, I put one word in there and then like my sentence comes out one way. But then it's like, you know, if I put a different word in there, then I'm kinda like, Oh, that kinda gets me going in this other direction and stuff. And so hmm. yeah, word choice is, is a really interesting really interesting phenomenon. Thinking about words like like when I'm writing like songs and stuff, sometimes like I kind of got this uh, Jeff Tweedy, the lead singer of Wilco, like wrote, he's written some books and one of the books he wrote was called How to Write One Song. And he just talks about different ideas, kind of exercises that he does like to try to write mm. songs and, and poetry and stuff like that. So I don't, I, I might be ripping that book off when I say this because I can't remember if it was in the book or not, but I have like this uh, Scrabble game over here. Oh yeah. And uh I don't know. I, like some one day, I was like sitting here trying to think of like a, a title for a song, and I didn't have any ideas. And some, a lot of times, when I'm writing a song, the title will, if I think of a good title, like it mm. can inspire like a whole song. Yeah. So I was just sitting there, and I don't know. You kind of just like picking a letter, and like, I don't know, D is really speaking to me right now. <laughs> and so like, I put that the, the D there, and then it's like, duh. Like I don't. It kind of just starts sounding out some word, and then it turns into like diary or I don't, I don't know whatever or worse, whatever word diarrhea <laughs> you're trying to, yeah yeah it could turn into that <laughs> but it's funny to me like how, like how you, even one word yeah. even just the sound of it or the just one word can like totally like inspire like a bunch of thoughts and whole yes yeah, so like when you're writing poetry right and you're trying to find like a word that rhymes or something or mm. you know like there's like that one word that then just kind of like makes that line that's how i don't know like whenever i 
do write poetry or attempt to write poetry. That's oftentimes what turns it in like, hmm, <laughs> you know, like, uh, what rhymes with this word, <laughs> you know? And then where do I put this line? Did I put it like right after it? Or like what sort of rhyming scheme do I want to try to have? Or, or do I even want a rhyming scheme? Maybe I, maybe I don't want to. I used to just sit there and be like, the, uh, Lee, T, Z, V, uh, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. You start making a list yeah. of like all the words that rhyme with it. And you're like, hmm. Now I'll just Google, I'll type the word in and then I'll r- type rhyme. And there's like a, there's like oh, websites yeah. that just have like lists of words like that rhyme with that or uh-huh. like single syllable rhymes or double uh-huh. syllable or like near rhymes, which yeah. some people don't like using near rhymes, but I'm like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot. Like with the, I'll just Google the, that's the, the thing like that I'll, I'll have, I'll have like one line and I'll be like, this is, I really like this line. And I was like, I don't, I can't think of anything to go after it though. I don't know. Yeah. But have you read any, uh, Cormac McCarthy? Have you read him? I've read, I, I read, uh, the road. Yeah. And I've probably read all the pretty horses or, uh-huh. It's been a little while. Yeah, the road. I, that's I think I read the road because you told me to. Oh yeah, probably. Probably. Is he I someone talked a lot that you? About, I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. Is, I mean, talking about like stories that like just kind of like capturing, it's like you know, the page turner, so to speak. Like, man, there's there's also some just really really beautiful things in that book. Yeah, just the way he talks about like the map and. That's one and I think like I that. need to re read. Yeah. Or uh, I realized when I was writing that book, like my uh, like appetite for novels and stuff was more like when I was writing the thing, like I, I, I was paying more attention to like chapters or like how they're, I don't know, just how they're laid out on the page or hmm. how, a sto- how a chapter will start or like what's the first sentence, you know, or I don't know, it's my brain. I, I mean, it, that's kind of probably makes sense, but I felt like I had more of an appreciation for novel writing and stuff like uh, when I was trying to write that. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know. I'll go through periods where I just don't read a lot of novels. I don't, I don't actually read that many novels hmm. usually. So I'm trying to think, do you want to try to think of some way to wrap this up or <laughs> <laughs> some little last yeah. minute or the kind of thing? Because this is pretty long anyway. Yeah, it's probably... Time to go or, smoke some pipes. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> the right place to stop, Jeff. No, this was fun. I think I think just talking about writing itself and I don't know, I still feel like I'm pretty much a novice at the thing. But how about this? Something. If what would you uh yeah if someone was wanting to be a writer or if they were like a young person starting out, like what would what kind of advice or things would you Yeah. I think it depends on like what they're wanting to write about. Yeah. Like if you're wanting to do something more academic, I guess, I mean, it's really so much of it is about like your thesis, your thesis statement and having like a very compelling, you know, thesis statement. Also, I mean, doing academic stuff is so much about just conveying what other people have said about something, <laughs> which can be kind of frustrating. But in, in doing that, like you're building up a library, so to speak of stuff that you've read and in learning how to read is really in terms of academic writing is probably one of the more important things. And one of the things I had to learn about or learn 
doing my dissertation was how to read for writing. So academic books, you don't read those like you do novels. You read what you need to get out of that book for what you're working on. My tendency was always to, okay, now I finished that book. Now I'm going to read this book. I'm going to work my way through and read from cover to cover. You know, I mean, certainly when you're starting out, that's probably where you want to start is like, I'm interested in this. So I'm just going to read as many books on this as I can. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things about academic writing is your, or yeah, what makes it like, academic writing really successful is their interaction with other scholars, other arguments about something ability to, to categorize and group what other people have said is really, really helpful. Cause a lot of times like a good book on something could be something that doesn't necessarily say anything really all that new about that specific subject or that specific topic, but the way that they put together other people's arguments or other positions or their ability to clearly communicate categories is really, really beneficial. So working on that in terms of, I guess, academic writing. One thing I wanted to say, like, I remember when I was beginning to be a, like a writer or songwriter, I'd get real, I'm still this way, probably like insecure about whatever I'm saying or like, do like we were yeah. saying, like, uh, do I have anything to offer whatever? And then, uh, I think that, you kind of had to, to get to a point where you just do it anyway, even, even if you're like maybe not saying the most original thing. But you're, I guess what I want to say is like almost like just do it. One of the things I love about writing is you can go, you know, to the store and get like a little pen and a little notebook and sit down somewhere. And I mean, you could stand up somewhere. <laughs> Heck. And you could you can write, and it's it's something that's like available to anybody. Like if if you're listening to this and you've never written anything, you what if you're like the next great American novelist or whatever? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, I just want to. I guess I want to say like if you're a young writer, you know, maybe it's intimidating or like oh this guy's got like a PhD. And uh, this guy's got like 75 podcasts. So I, I would never would be on that level, you know. Uh, <laughs> what you have to share might be completely different than what we have to share. And like your voice is like valuable. And uh, so I guess just write from where you are, like be who you are and whatever you have to share, like could be completely different than anything we've talked about. And that's like part of the beauty of different voices, you know. Just do it. Just dive into it and do it. <laughs> Is that good? It's good, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jared lives like, I said this at the beginning, like he, he lives like probably less than a mile away. So I might try to drag him over here to do other episodes. So if he wants to, if we maybe we'll do a Breaking Bad one or something now. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Since we realize we're, we're both, <laughs> both into that. Should we go through our sponsors? Yes. This episode of... Jeff's Evolving Podcast is brought by Bic Pins. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use Bic Pins? No, I use... Uh, I like. We didn't cover this part. I know, right? A little bonus. Like the the Zebra. Not the not this one. There's a different one, that Zebra. That's They're hard looking. to find. Yeah, these come in like two packs for like five bucks. There's one, it's like the F704 or something like that. I love that one just like a perfect weight and 
doesn't bleed too much. This is a whole other, like, I feel like... Pins, I'm, yeah. I'm being... I'm like, this could open up a whole, like, 20 minutes of stuff, and I feel like we need to go smoke the pipes before it gets too yeah. late, because we're old, and we got to wrap it up early. But we'll put that on the list of yeah. things to talk about, because I, I got pin opinions, too. Yeah, I lost a pin. I don't know if you've ever done this. I lost a pin. I've never lost a pin. No. And yeah, <laughs> and it felt like I lost my my best friend. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like man, all those great days of like being in the coffee shop, like editing my chapters with that pen, <laughs> just gone. That sounds like a Pixar movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what was uh? When somebody loves you, everything is beautiful. <laughs> you got a friend you got a penny <laughs> okay we probably can't put that in that's probably copyright yeah i'm gonna get sued <laughs> okay thanks for listening y'all uh if yeah. you like this let me know and maybe we'll yeah we gotta go this. before we get sued yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah don't get sued if you're a writer all right bye <laughs>